0: And I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, Overlords.
1: Who? 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 Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together.
0: How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. It's me, Andrew, and with me is... Max. And Robert. And, wow, Robert, you are... It's like you're in the room. You sound so crystal clear now.
2: I hope that's true. Yeah, I'm using a different uh, setup, trying to get a little, little better quality,
0: and a uh, little better equality. Hopefully, out there as well. You know what I mean? Yep, all stars
2: and stripes. You know it.
0: People of all <laughs> stars and stripes. Uh, how are you guys doing?
1: Pretty good. Doing all right. Trying uh, to hold it down. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't just say pretty good, pretty when, good yeah. when we're in, in the midst of it. I that. mean, we're trying to keep it light, though. <laughs>
0: and also, like, let's respect Robert's ability to hold it down over there. So, you know, when you say yeah. you're doing pretty good and Robert's putting in all that work to hold it down, like, respect
2: Yeah. Respect his authority. We, we really appreciate like Max, that. Max is doing pretty good, but nothing's held down in his life. No. <laughs> He's, pretty he, loose over here. He also lives
0: in a zero-gravity chamber, so that's, the, like, literally nothing's being held down. It's his, true. In his
1: uh, living quarters. Well, I just figured if I'm going to be isolated, I might as well be uh, in space. And so, you know, I took my private uh, rocket. <laughs>
0: your, your SpaceX uh, Tesla up to, up to the moon?
1: Exactly. Yeah. T- took my red car out and then my, uh, my space suit flying towards Mars.
0: Wow. <laughs> Currently on your way to Mars?
1: Yeah, that's right. And uh, how
0: how far away would you say you are from Mars in in terms of seconds?
1: In terms of seconds? Uh, it, it'll probably by the end of the podcast I'll be there.
0: Okay, so um, at like
1: 55 oh, aren't minutes Are we in... supposed to say 30 seconds to Mars? Uh, I
0: mean, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it could have been something I was setting up, but you never know. Um, guys, let's get into some movies we've seen.
1: Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. (laughs) Something breakfast. Movies
0: we've seen. Uh, What sort of movies have you guys seen? Uh, Um, Go ahead, Max.
1: Okay, I will go ahead, Rob. You just hold it down (laughs) over there. Uh, I watched Last Christmas. Which perfect
0: is timing is? Oh, is that the Amelia Clark movie?
1: Yeah, Amelia Clark and the guy from Crazy Rich Asians.
0: Yeah, how was that? Uh, it looked It looked kind of cute. I,
1: hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good way to s- describe it. It was kind of cute. It has Michelle Yeoh in it. She's awesome, um, and it's it's kind of cute. It takes a turn at the end that it's is not fairly the last awful. Christmas. yeah it's the second to last christmas the penultimate christmas but um it's it's pretty fun i like the characters and everything um the i should know the actor's name but the guy from crazy crazy rich asians uh plays kind of a a bit of a goofball like he's he skips around and he really reminded me of some some nerds that i know that like really overdo it with the people who will kind of bow to, to to other people when they're walking by or something. or.
0: Henry Golding? Or,
1: uh, I don't know the reference. Yes, Henry Golding is a good example of somebody who would bow.
0: No, Henry Golding is the actor's name. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> oh, he does man. A good classic. Top. Henry Golding. It does a good job skipping around and, and dancing and being a bit of a goofball. And Amelia Clark's character is funny. But um, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much if you guys are actually interested in seeing it. It turns out to be a weird subgenre of Christmas movie that, uh, that Jenny was telling me about a little bit that uh, I didn't know existed. And oh, yeah. I think it actually might be two subgenres combining, but uh, there's, there's a twist. At the end, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also watched Prometheus and Covenant. Rewatched both of those. Uh, and
0: uh, I, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, but like the uh, spoiler alert for Covenant. I, I actually haven't seen Covenant, but I just heard about this. That like, what, what's her name? Numi Pace. Numi Rapace. Numi Rapace. Rapace. Like that. They they again spoiler for Covenant and Prometheus that like she survives all that all that shit in Prometheus to then just be killed off screen before Covenant starts.
2: Yeah. Like Newt, like Newton Alien 3.
0: Like what? I I don't like to me like Prometheus is like mostly her journey and like for her to just be like unceremoniously killed off screen is just like I was that like was that really scott like tipping his hat to to alien three or like you know watch i guess like in watching covenant is does that feel satisfactory at all
1: there's an explanation for it yeah uh does it feel satisfactory it feels like a bit of a ripoff but it also feels like it's warranted by the end of the movie okay so
0: sorry go ahead what uh, are you gonna say about about the two movies
1: uh, basically that I, I come down on them the about the same way as I did before I think there are two things that you could change that would make covenant a lot better um, and Prometheus is just kind of weird a lot of a lot of characters who are trying to be interesting that aren't all that interesting and are making the dumbest decisions that do not match their their characterization like scientists mm-hmm. making uh, the worst decisions about alien life forms uh, that you could possibly imagine. And everyone, this happens in both movies. As soon as anyone lands on another planet, they take their helmet off. They just go, oh, it turns out the air is fine, and then just take, take their helmet off. They do it in both movies constantly. Ridley Scott obviously didn't want anything covering the actors' faces, but still did stuff in space. I don't know. It can, seems weird to me.
0: Can we also recognize that like considering how people are like get going so like um, nuts about like opening up early from this from COVID that like that's <laughs> probably not that far fetched of a thing that people would do in space like humans would just be like I'll be fucking fine. I'll take off my space helmet now like.
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: Yeah, what's the worst that's going to happen to me.
1: Yeah, and then five minutes later, problem for like every every time <laughs> it's a bad idea to take their helmet off yeah. and they go for
0: it. Yeah, it just it's, ah. it doesn't feel like that far fetched of a thing of human nature to be like, also I'll, su- I'll survive this. That's fine. True.
2: Well, and you know what's funny? It's like the even in the first movie, it's like a like a big ore kind of ship, and it's like there's like some people that working for that are like engineers they're just they're not scientists. So they would be the kind of people if that ship were to land and they were to leave to the at, you know into the atmosphere, they would be more likely to make a mistake. I think the issue is like you pointed out, these this is like the crew of a ship that's expected to like find and secure you know where we came from and they seem to have like the sloppiest protocols.
1: yeah, yeah. And all and nothing just nothing makes sense. The geologist does not seem like a geologist when he announces that he's a geologist. Uh, like three quarters of the way through the movie, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? That's what this guy was
2: supposed to be." He he didn't hold up geodes all the time while saying he was a geologist. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that just nobody matched what they would be doing. Like you cannot imagine any of these people. You can easily imagine them being actors right but you could not imagine them being a scientist for a single day without just getting totally frustrated with it moving on to some other career path there's no way any of those guys were scientists except for maybe numi she she had some uh promise as a scientist sure
0: but that's why they had to kill her off
1: exactly
2: I think the movie there's like like it's a cool like there's creatures and effects and cool stuff. But I think it's unfortunately it's in service of like a not my favorite story.
1: Yeah. And I really think Covenant could have been a lot better with the two changes that I that I would make. Mm-hmm. Um, the max cut. The max cut. Exactly. <laughs> they should give, me, give me a chance. I'll, I'll get on board. <laughs> I'll give me a here. chance Ridley. I'll be Neil Blomkamp for, for a while and, like, propose my alien that I want to make. Everyone will get behind me, and then Ridley Scott will say he wants to make another one, and, and they'll throw me out. <laughs> um.
0: Wasn't he also going to make a Halo movie for a while?
1: Yes, yeah. he was. And he, yeah. it, I think there's even some footage of, like, a, um, a pre previs thing, kind of yeah. figuring out how it would work. And so there's, like, maybe... 5 to 20 minutes short of of uh brutes running around and and uh attacking spartans or whatever i kind of forget my uh, halo terminology it's been a while <laughs> since i played how dare you uh the other oh, the ahead. other movie i watched i do watch another if we're done talking about halo yeah, we neil blomkamp i want neil blomkamp to make an, a new movie i wish he would have made a star wars at some point uh but the other movie that i saw was the Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Is, which that, is it, that the
0: uh, Elizabeth Holmes documentary?
1: That is correct. Yes. It's a, a HBO documentary about Elizabeth Holmes, a woman who created a startup company that was supposed to make um, like getting blood work, blood testing done, a lot easier. Where they, rather than... Uh, taking vials of blood from you you would just prick your finger and you would be able to run a whole series of tests within the small basically computer-sized box that would be at every Walgreens you would just go get a finger prick and you could go get whatever uh, testing you needed done Hmm. but like it turns out it's all all bs and and they go through all the different uh reasons why it failed and the the weird lies that were told and the people who were who stumbled across the stuff and
2: her rap this a weird voice,
1: yeah, that was weird, and I really think that after watching bombshell, I think that Charlize theron should play her <laughs> oh wow um but it was is a good movie it's really uh disappointing like worldwide disappointing kind of thing like it's it's a shame that people exist like this that people are really motivated by money more than anything um it is interesting because i am also watching silicon valley the um the comedy yeah from hbo and they make fun of a lot of the uh like buzzwords and attitudes and stuff and a ton of that showed up in the inventor. Oh yeah, that like right, right at the beginning she says, you know, I'm trying to change the world, like make the world a better place through this and that and that. And they did like one of the early episodes it was just every single company saying how they were trying to make the world a better place, and just a ton of terminology and attitudes of of people just really being in it just for the money, screwing people over. and It's, it's interesting to watch the, the two of those at the same time, see the comparison. Because they, they, Silicon Valley does a really good job of, of skewering the whole tech industry.
0: Yeah, I've, uh, but, yeah. <clears throat> I've only seen the first season of Silicon Valley, but it's one of those things that I want to get back into, but just haven't done it.
1: If you got Hulu now, they've got all the, like, the HBO unlocked. Um, You can watch all the, I think, six seasons on it.
0: Hmm. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, All right, is that that it for movies you've seen, Max?
1: Yep, that's it for me. Cool.
0: Rob, what about you?
2: I have seen... um, I watched Miami Vice, uh, the Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx one.
1: How
0: Uh, how cool is that? I... That seemed like such a uh, weird moment in time that that happened.
2: (laughs) I I liked it. It was very Michael Mann, but also uh, we did did Peter out at the end, and then when we tried to rewatch it the next day, it was the rental time had already elapsed. I believe strongly that rental movies should be 48-hour rentals. It is bizarre to me that it's 24. It's totally weird. Because there's just like the odds of getting back... Before when you started, I don't know. I just think that's a uh, that's just like an, a a weird arbitrary amount of time. I agree. Mean, it's,
0: it's not arbitrary. It's like uh, like I've never heard of twenty four s-
2: hours used for anything. I know, but like <laughs> like it,
0: it's not like it's twenty seven hours or you know whatever. Like twenty four is a you know you know
2: if, what I if mean. If you rent twenty if you rent twenty seven hours, it, it you do get it for a twenty seven hour rental period or, or twenty seven dresses. <laughs> Um. So watch that. But yes, we unfortunately didn't get through the exciting. What I'm sure was an exciting finale. Um, and we also watched Can't Hardly Wait. Oh yeah,
0: you with, said um, that. I'm. I, yeah. What? 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 What spurred that? That watch?
2: I. I think it was just like we were trying to find something to watch, and it was just kind of like it was like. It was on there. I hadn't seen it. Jamie had, and I was like, sure, why not? Because you know. Don't want to get sucked into the, the hole of like Not finding something and it seemed you know, Fine enough and it's definitely It's definitely of its time um, The the performances Are you know fine for The time too and um, There was some fun behind the scenes stuff too Like I guess who's the main Actor in it uh, I can't remember now Ethan, But um, um Ethan Embly is that his Ethan name? Emily.
0: Yeah, I almost said Ethan Suppley, but that's not Same guy
2: um, I guess he was just like so high the whole time. Doesn't even like remember doing the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was it was interesting. It's it wasn't like bad, but it was definitely one of those things where it's like you can tell when you watch a movie, and it's like you just weren't watching it when it was kind of like capturing everybody. So you know. Yeah. Um, and then I also watched um, Joy Ride, classic.
0: Classic. Speak.
2: Curd. Thinking of movies, I mean it has to be can't be too too far off time time frame wise from uh from the other one, but um Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, and um, Lily Sobieski,
0: and Ted Levine, and,
2: and wow the voice of Ted Levine, iconically, Candy Kane, um yeah that's a great one. You guys have seen that, yeah?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's yeah. actually one of the horror movies that was actually pretty fun to watch.
2: That's good it's a good guilty pleasure one maybe we'll put that on our list maybe we'll do a rewatch for uh, for uh, our spooky Halloween episode ah, I mean, mm-hmm. might as well think about it now maybe we'll maybe we'll do the shitty sequels <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was fun. that was nice to watch again and we and watching it with someone uh, uh, who hadn't seen it before too so um, and then I just today started it last night and then finished today um, there will be blood I've never seen it hmm you haven't seen it no um it's really good it's very you know like it's stark it's kind of like it's very atmospheric the the music especially i think is um is either guitarist for radiohead johnny greenwood um but it's it's um it's just something else it really is just capturing this this person in this particular time period and kind of what propels him, and and uh, yeah, it's it's good. I, I'm I really really love it, and I'm I was happy to watch it again, but it's yeah, definitely bears uh, definitely benefits from rewatches, I feel like, because you're kind of like you know where that character goes, you kind of sense the way that they're sort of moving through life. It's uh, it's really good.
1: Mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed it the, the second time I watched it better than the first,
2: yeah. Um. And great performances, man. Daniel Day-Lewis has such a good mustache in that movie. Who oh boy, and Games yeah. of New York. That that's yes, that's true too. But it's a little oily. This one's this one's a drier mustache, but it's just a nice straight. Oh, it's very good. What
0: do you think is like your a favorite,
2: frickin' push broom?
0: What's your favorite Daniel Day-Lewis mustache performance?
2: Ooh, mustache performance. Um, <laughs> if. If the character in Phantom Thread had a mustache, it would be that one. Too bad, Woodcock or whatever his name is. Um, that's so tough. Now maybe it might be this one. It might be this mustache performance.
1: I think my favorite mustache performance of his was the mustache ride that uh, I was provided with last night. Wow! Woo! Woo! <laughs> Breaking quarantine. <laughs> For Daniel Day Lewis, sure, yeah,
2: uh, I feel you. Yeah, that's uh, that's movies I've seen.
0: Um, I watched so we just watched Hobbs and Shaw for the weekend, uh, rewatched Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, we did, we did watch mm-hmm. it for this podcast. I gotta say, I liked it way more this time. The what this is the second time I've seen it, I liked it so much this time. Um, I don't know what like. I was just much more on board with the comedy this time. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, like, we all kind of came down on the side of, like, it's sort of missing something from the other Fast movies that it just didn't have. And, like, I I didn't really look at it this time as, like, a Fast and the Furious spinoff, even though it is one, but rather as, like, a a movie that exists in the universe that's just having like a, you know, it's having a little more fun than the mainline fast and the furious movies. And like, I really enjoyed it this time. I thought it was very fun. The second time through, okay. um, even though like, I, you know, pointing out that like Vanessa Kirby and Jason Satham are like 20 years apart, at least in age, even though they're presented as like these two kids that grew up next to each other. um, yeah, I I love Helen Mirren as their as their mom, just like a very funny. Mm-hmm. Her the fact that like this like world renowned respected actress like just asked to be in the Fast and the Furious movies is like very it just that tickles me. Um, yeah, I thought it was very fun. I I li- really liked it. Um, then we we do like a weekly movie watch with a group of friends over text, and so we watched Kate and Leopold a couple weeks ago.
2: Oh, boy and uh, you haven't moved on to you haven't moved on to, to zoom or Skype know you can do emojis and stuff you're still doing text all along? well one of the one of the people doesn't
0: actually have internet in her apartment so like she has to like get find ways to either get the DVD or like we've been doing it th- what in the world I, I know <laughs> a digital video disc if you've ever heard of it yeah um, <laughs> And so, like, we've been doing this thing now, like, you know, my wife and I have, like, a very large DVD collection, and so we try and find something that's on both Netflix and we have on DVD to, like, make it work. And my wife did own Kate and Leopold, so we were able to make that happen. Um, I don't know. Pretty pretty fun, lighthearted movie. Um, it, you know, it it fit in with the movie that we watched this week which was about time so we had two movies about time travel Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah Kate and Leopold I thought was like very charming and like it was interesting to see like this seems like a a point in time where like Hugh Jackman was on the ascent while Meg Ryan was on the descent in terms of like their fame (laughs) and so to like have this like this point in time where they're about the same and then like Meg Ryan would just like in you know whatever like i she is still like i still consider her like a very great a good actress but like she's not in stuff anymore and then Hugh Jackman went on to become like you know Wolverine and you know this uh, he was Wolverine before this but you know what i mean like he just became this like huge movie star um
1: for that one role though for uh, he
0: was also uh PT Barnum don't forget
1: I didn't forget, I, but I don't think he's known for that. I, mean, uh, I like love you, Jack. By the way, I, I'm not trying to shit on you, Jackman. I just don't know. Like, I still think probably Meg Ryan. I know she like, isn't as famous now as she was, but I don't know. As an actress, I feel like she's got a, a, a bigger variety under her belt. than. Do you think than... it's a
0: bigger variety or just she had more roles but played the same character each time?
1: I guess that's right. The character didn't have the same name, but was the same character. Right. Whereas Hugh Jackman played the actual same character, same name. Did uh, Wolverine have claws in *Kate and Leopold*? Uh,
0: you know, he there was a there was a, a a real scene where he held his fist, and you could see something was coming out of his hands, but then like quickly retracted uh-huh. them. So. Ah uh, okay. I think they were leaving that up to a sequel that that unfortunately didn't happen.
2: Yeah. But, were you, were you aware, Andrew, or is that that's something I believe that they famously had to cut from the movie is that initially it's implied that they're related and they didn't realize it and then they had uh, to like go back and kind of edit it? The,
0: yeah, that's something that I, we, when we were on the text thread, somebody pointed out in the Wikipedia that, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. the, it's not that they're related. It's that Lieb Shriver who plays her ex-boyfriend. Say the truth. Uh, so yeah, that was another thing too uh, that I had to point out. Very hilariously, over text, um, was that he is a, the descendant of them, and she dated him.
1: Mm. Hmm. That's not okay.
0: That's not okay. Hey, there's a gentleman overlord stance, and we're gonna. That's the we have one per episode, and that's the one we're gonna take. That's not okay.
2: Yeah. No real incest. <laughs>
0: now fake incest uh that is done for gimme uh, gimme, gimme 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 um the kind that ted cruz might look for on uh twitter uh that's now that oh god um yeah and then the other movie i was gonna talk about we watched is about time which i think is a very charming uh movie it's by richard curtis who did like love actually and Notting hill um and it's about a Dom Hall Gleason, who finds out that the men in their family can time travel to specific points in their own life. And it's Rachel McAdams uh, in the fourth of her, I guess it would be the third of four movies where she marries a time traveler, (laughs) or is at least in love with a time traveler. So wow, um, I really like it. It's on Netflix. I think it's very charming. Dom Hall Gleason, I think, is very cute. And Rachel McAdams is great. So, yeah, I like it. Is
1: this a, is this your first viewing?
0: No, I saw it in theaters uh, when it came out, and I've seen it probably three more times. I think it's great. It makes me, it just, there's a scene, especially towards the end, there's a couple of scenes that really get me, but there's a scene towards the end that just every time I see it, I start bawling. And like, when we saw it in theaters, it made me cry so much that my wife turned to me during the movie, it was like, do we need to leave? Are you okay? Like (laughs) she was like concerned for me. And I was like, no, it's fine. Let's finish the movie. And then
1: we got to the, can I leave?
0: (laughs) She's like, I'll go get a, I'll go get a mop. Yeah. Um, and then we got to the car and she was like, Hey, so what, what happened? Like, why did that make you cry so much? And then I started to think about the scene again and I started crying. I'm like, we can't talk about this for, for like 30 minutes. Can we, can we just go home, please?
1: I just think it would be hilarious if it was a scene where he he chose to eat at McDonald's rather than Burger King or something. <laughs>
0: that is that is a crucial <laughs> plot point in the movie, Max. And I hope you would not make fun of something so real and genuine he, in the movie.
2: He goes back in time and he like ruins the ruins the recipe for like the Big Mac, and then that never gets invented.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Can you never imagine that world? Mayonnaise with pickles in it. No one ever discovered it.
0: Yuck. Well, guys, um, we're running a little long, so why don't we move the TV shows we've seen segment to the bonus app, and let's just get into the movie that we are talking about for the main episode, and that is Birds of Prey, the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. What did you think? Max, I know did you not you didn't rewatch
1: it this I didn't rewatch it and uh kind of forgot that that's what we were doing for this episode (laughs) until just now. But I'm on it. Wow. I'm on it. I looked up some gifts when I was gonna send them to you. Some gifts. Here we go. Here we go. uh, I remembered a couple things. Oh no, I mean I, i sent you the one I was gonna send you. Um and it wasn't even from this movie, but it did include okay. Harley Quinn in a vat of goo with Jared Leto, who I was thankful was not in this movie. Oh, man, me too. It, um, it, I'd like the way they handled it by completely ignoring the fact that he was Joker. And the way they did that was when they had Joker in here, when they were explaining what kind of happened at the end of the or after the end of... Uh, the last suicide, suicide squad, squad. Yeah. yeah not the last movie this is not a sequel to suicide squad even though it seems a little bit like it happens right after it uh but when they explain that stuff they go through using a cartoon which is definitely not the like crocodile skin purple uh damaged tattooed joker. damaged joker it's it's just the the normal cartoon joker that yeah, every generic loves yeah so i i was thankful that they loves they have to love them
0: and even like so later in the movie she has like a you know what what in like cornier movies is like a dartboard with somebody's picture on it she has a drawing of the joker on the wall and it's it is that same like you know comic book cartoon joker and not the damaged jared leto joker which like yeah, it, I I was very glad to not have his presence be felt in the movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Um I mean, they still referenced him a fair amount.
0: Yeah, they referenced him, but like again, it's it's unclear if this is I mean, obviously having Margot Robbie reprise her role as Harley leads this to be a a sequel to the Suicide Squad, or at least like take place in the same universe, or you would assume so. But at no point is there ever like, a, a you know a picture of of him as the Joker or anything like that. It's just she always references Mister J, and you know their past relationship, and even like I they have the footage from Suicide Squad of her going into the vat, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> other than that, like they don't they don't show his face ever, and I was very glad for that. Um, Rob, what did you think of of the movie?
2: You know, I went in with like kind of high expectations because I did think that of the performances in Suicide Squad, I felt like Margot Robbie's definitely stood out, um and I liked it okay. But it definitely, I think this is definitely one of those situations I think that we've all experienced, where like I think I heard a lot of hype about it, and now I finally got to see it, and it didn't quite meet my expectations. So yeah, a little, that was a little disappointing, but.
0: Max, do you have overall feelings on the movie that you remember?
1: Yeah, basically what Rob said, but in reverse. I had very low expectations for this movie. I think mainly because the subtitle is like the fantabulous emancipation, just like the uh, the huge mouthful. That's that's not really worth putting on a movie, and it just seemed to be more of the like uh, the the goofy fun that they were trying to put into Suicide Squad in editing. Um, and it seemed like it was going to attempt a lot of that, that really didn't work the last time around, but I feel like they, they nailed it this time. Not, maybe not like the greatest movie of all, but because my expectations were like, this is going to be a spin-off of a terrible movie. Do you know what I mean? Like that this is kind of going to be suicide squad attempting to do, uh, a bit more with the only character that that people vibed with. Um, I just I didn't have a whole lot of expectations for it, but it turned out to be a lot of fun. Um, and
2: wait, were you just talking about Slipknot?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was talking about how much fun he was. Um,
0: I I also I I think I'm airing more towards Max than I am towards you, Rob. I think like I didn't have low expectations for this they're about middle and i uh, like you said i think i also thought that that margot robbie's harley quinn was like the standout of suicide squad which was an otherwise bad movie um and i really enjoyed this movie a lot i had a lot of fun watching it um she ends up being like a pretty likable i the thing i was sort of worried about watching it was that like we're going to be you know like it it's fine to root for the bad guy. Like she is ultimately like sort of a sympathetic person just because like she has been manipulated by the Joker so much in her life. But like ultimately there's decisions that she makes throughout this movie that make you kind of question her. But like overall you end up liking her and kind of feeling for her. And like she puts in a very fun performance. Um, yeah, overall I really liked it. I thought it yeah, it did the things that they want like clearly in post wanted to do with Suicide Squad. And that's like make it this like fun action movie with a bunch of music cues and like sort of sillier editing style that like they couldn't do because the footage didn't like they didn't film that movie. They tried to do it in post, but it wasn't the movie they made. This mm-hmm. felt more like that. Like something that like was fun and a little more lighthearted, but also had, like, its serious moments, too, and made you take the the characters very seriously, and uh, overall, like, I really enjoyed this movie a lot.
1: Although you did mention one thing that ended up getting under my skin a little bit, which was the um, the music cues. I feel like they overdid it. I feel like a lot of they were just like, okay, now it's time for an action scene. Let's throw on whatever, uh, like, obnoxious, uh, music we can do, and then did a lot of slow mo and stuff. I that got a little bit much for me. I think there were there were some good uh, set pieces, some stuff that happened in there that worked, but I feel like they kind of overdid it on on that end of of just like cue the awful music and and let's do some action for yeah. now for yeah, the I next can, five minutes.
0: I can agree with that. Um, Rob, what are, are um... What were some of the things like? What didn't you like about the movie? Like, I, I don't think you you're coming down on like it's
2: a bad movie, but like, what,
0: what were your? No, what, I what, mean, like, I, what sort of let some you down of it? About I
2: guess, it. yeah, I guess some of it could be kind of like the interpretation of characters. Like, I thought, um, obviously, again, doesn't you know, her, uh, Margot Robbie and Harley, obviously, is good. I thought Cassandra Kane, I thought was a weird casting, not because I didn't like her character, but I didn't think she was like acting like or seemed like a Cassandra Kane so I thought that was just an odd mm-hmm. choice to call her that mm-hmm. um, I I liked black canary but the thing that I'm disappointed about is like I didn't really like Huntress
1: yeah I agree with that yeah I, a-
2: and I, I, I that she had it she had a, she had a she, oh sorry go ahead
0: no I was just gonna say I think that's that's probably right in terms of the the likability of the characters. I mean, she just, she just wasn't given a lot to do either, but like, yeah, I think overall she just kind of and especially cuz it's Mary Elizabeth Winstead who is like a very talented great actress for her to just like be sort of meh on screen was kind of disappointing.
1: Yeah, she felt yeah. pretty hollow.
2: And and like the, there was the joke with like, like her identity versus what she wanted to be called and and stuff and and then she also had anger issues, but I felt like she was just maybe like the weakest of the crew for me. Um, I also thought it was just, like, a little disjointed, I guess. I think, overall, like, they do a couple cutbacks. Like, she storms the police station to get Cassandra, and then it's like, let's go back 24 hours. And I just felt like, I don't know if there was a way to, like, edit it from the beginning to introduce the people smoother, because I didn't I didn't love, I, I guess I go, I, I guess that's the aesthetic they're going for, is that it's a little frenetic, and it's sort of, it's like Harley, that it's, you know, colorful and fast and kind of, like, flying around but like I don't know something about something about the pacing or the way it was like kind of introducing all the players was weird and um I I did like um Ewan McGregor as Roman Sionis but um we can get into it a little bit a little bit later too but I was just surprised with some of the choices like regarding him and like Zaz for example but
0: yeah having Chris Messina play Zaz like I it he looked like So I, I most know him from the Mindy project as Danny cast, Castellano cast, Cast, what I've Yeah. And so like, I saw like the first couple times I saw him, I'm like, man, that looks like Danny, but like, I, it seems like too weird of a casting choice for him to be playing Victor Zaz. And then as the movie kept going on, I'm like, Jesus, that is Chris Messina. But it was like a very, (laughs) it just, it was a very strange thing to see him playing Victor Zaz. But like, I didn't think he did a bad job as him. It just was like so, very jarring to see him.
1: Yeah, same. I I couldn't really place where I knew him from for the entire movie. I I figured it out afterwards, but yeah, I thought that it was strange. I was like I don't remember him playing this type of character or it, it just seems <coughs> odd to have him in that role. But I I felt ultimately like he did a decent job like him in, in oh. uh in Obi-Wan did it uh decent, did decent work with their characters. I
2: think Roman was creepier and I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Roman was creepier on occasions in a way that Zaz should have been more creepy. Like Mm -hmm. Zaz in my opinion has always been like, he's the, he's the henchman that like isn't standing next to you during the meeting because like he's, he's the guy you just go to who's standing behind the curtain and you're like, now follow that person. Now go and kill that person. Like he just, I don't know. I, it was a more ground level, like, less of, like, an unhinged killer, but I guess I just, he was, like, like, he got stolen from, you know, he couldn't make the jobs happen. It just, it wasn't super intimidating to me.
0: Yeah, I think, like, I I come into, usually, like, coming into, like, especially DC properties, I haven't read so much DC stuff that, like, and I, I hang up is the wrong word, but, like, I don't come in, I didn't come into this movie being, like, Knowing what I was going to, and again, like I don't think you went necessarily into the movie knowing that Christmas scene is going to play Victor Zazz or anything like that, but like I didn't even know that the the character was in the movie, and so for me, I don't have um, these like I don't have an attachment to the character where I like this is how I picture him on screen, like to me, and I said I've said this about like the like the Fantastic Four movie where they had Michael B. Jordan play. Um, the Human Torch, like as long as it works in the movie, I really don't care what they do in terms of either casting or portrayal of the character. As long as it works sure. on screen, and I think like overall, I thought like he did a good job of yeah. uh, you know like I I have some understanding of who Victor Zaz is, but like as long as it works on screen in the in the universe of the movie, I don't really care what they what they decide to do with it. Um, and so I thought like overall I thought he played menacing enough, but I do think you're right. I think that, um, and obviously that's in service of he's the main villain of Ewan McGregor playing the black mask. He was obviously a more threatening and scary than Victor Zaz, who just kind of ended up being like sort of a, you know, sidekick henchman.
2: And I don't know if you wanted to mention, like if you wanted to jump ahead a little bit about that, but I I did like Ewan McGregor's, uh, like I said, his portrayal of black mask or Roman Zionist, but, I was a little disappointed at his mask time, and Mm -hmm. I was also a little disappointed, which I get, you know, you have you and McGregor, you want to show that mug off, but I thought the thing that they were going to do, which is, you know, especially would have been good for his character because he's so Mm -hmm. vain, is, and, and often happens in the comics, is that the mask would become, through some accident or firefight, fused to his face and unable to come off. Right. Because... I don't know and and you know if we really jump ahead it's just you know I don't know I thought it would be interesting to keep them around but oh well
1: so, so at the yeah at the end of the movie uh my old roommate who I watched it with was like well they might bring them back for another one <laughs> <laughs> I was like wait did you watch the same movie that I did right. he got blown and, and if
2: we and if we're kind of spoiling things, like, I don't know, I would prefer, like, some low-level people like Zaz to stick around, too. So it just, it was a little surprising because I felt like they were establishing, and Black Mask, like, I mean, I know, again, Andrew, you're not you're not going in with as much baggage, but he looms large in the Gotham and kind of Batman and Extended Universe because he's often one of those, like, mastermind ones that gets all the other rogues gallery together. So I was just surprised to have him introduced and in kind of, like, a one and done felt felt strange for that but i think
0: because it and this seems like more of a dceu edict now that like there there's no longer it no longer feels like the movies themselves are connected to each other so like there's no there's really no guarantee that like one there's going to be a birds of prey sequel and two that like a batman movie would even necessarily be related to this birds of prey movie so like the The idea that like uh, a Ewan McGregor black mask would then cross over into uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman movie is not like
2: oh sure I, I not that I would expect that but more that like having a character where they all the other characters had such a clear connection to him by the end Roman Sionis and uh, um and had a reason to to survive but also defeat him I just felt like it would have been something like it would've been you know, how often do, do studios purposely leave something hanging or set up that there could be a sequel for movies that never do, and it feels like I feel like this maybe box office prize broke even, but I feel like it was pretty well received, so I'm kind of shocked considering that I don't know, that there's there's obviously a lot of characters in that universe, but it just again, for someone that feels like could be fun to have come back and have that connection to all of the the members is interesting to like to cut that off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it sure. seems pretty common with a lot of comic book movies to like keep the the heroes around, but get rid of the villains every single time.
2: a lot of the time, yeah, you know what I really loved Can I? because I want to be uh, there's positive so too is, um, is when she's chasing the car down and like on the front of and looping behind um, Hunter's motorcycle.
1: yeah I love that uh, that was a cool scene.
2: I liked her on the front specifically of the motorcycle, like getting pushed forward. I was like, this is that is really cool with the roller skates. I like that a lot.
0: I think there's a lot of like very fun, you know, like uh Max, I agree with you. I think there's a little they get a little too cute and a little too trigger happy with like music cues in this movie, but like the scenes that, that accompany them I think are all very well done. And having Harley who is like a train like trained killer is probably not the right term, but like she knows how to fight and she knows how to defend herself, but she's also like a very frenetic character. So like having these fight scenes where she's able to like do cartwheels and front flips, but also like she's just sort of messy too. I think like they mm-hmm. did a very good job of like chore- choreographing, I think like very fun, frenetic and like kind of, kind of like sloppy fight scenes too.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll- a lot of that stuff, and it, it did end up standing out. A lot of it, like the when she raids the police station and they're using all the colorful like tear gas stuff, um, and like some of that seemed messy, where she was just like grabbing one from her belt and putting it in there. But it also just seemed like uh, a little bit choreographed. Like every single, whenever she needed uh, one that would incapacitate the person, it would be the next one on the belt. Like she had them all in order. She knew exactly what was going to happen. Right. Yeah, I don't know why she went
2: I don't know why she went non-lethal in the police station when there's like this is a movie where they're like saying the F word in that one of that early scenes you see someone's face get cut off. So I was like surprised I, that she wasn't just killing people. That's
0: probably in service of like letting you know that she is like the hero of the movie. And so like if she were to just go in and start like blowing, you know, theoretically innocent cops away, then like it's harder yeah. for you to like feel like truly sympathetic for her towards the end of the movie when she has a little bit more of her hero's turn. Um, if you're like, but she also like killed 40 cops earlier. I think that was probably more of a plot device than like a, you know, thing that, that Harley might actually do.
2: But that is her business at the end. She's like a killer for hire her and, uh, her and, uh, Cassandra Kane.
0: Yeah. But like, she's like, I think what but she's like, no cops. Yeah. But like, she's also not going to, I, <laughs> they don't show her, you know, like go breaking into someone's house and like killing like an innocent dude. like, it, oh you didn't I, watch the after credit sequence actually i did robert so that's very funny but there is <laughs> there is an after credit scene i did watch it so um having i think like having her kill you know in in movie in movie world like the cops are the good guys
1: and so like having her <laughs> j- let's make it clear that's only in movie world yeah, only only cops in, are only in, bastards.
0: right only in movie gotham city world um
2: And so in in movie world, the cops are good guys, but so is clown psycho girl.
0: So to have her just, you know, like go in there and like kill 35 cops. Like it's, it's, I think it doesn't serve the story that they're telling that like, she's actually maybe erring towards being a hero than a villain. Yeah. If you say so, (laughs) I I do. And I, I am, I am happy to announce that I am now the new president of DCEU and we will only be saying positive things about dc movies going forward and if you could both uh, if you could both uh get on board and let me know what you rethink about batman versus superman Donna justice uh wow. that'd be yeah, great it's really gonna, that's
1: really going to that's going to affect my list
0: <laughs> that's behind the paywall they don't know about that
1: uh <laughs> get out of here
0: yeah 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 um, one thing oh go ahead. that i
1: loved about this movie that i, I just want to remember to get out there the hyena was great. Agreed. They did an awesome job uh, with the CG. I think what they did was just have a dog on set because it was very believable. All the things that the hyena was doing, the way he turned his head, the way he sniffed. I think things it was a right? guy. You think it was uh, <laughs> Andy Serkis. I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure if you can look it up. I think it's a guy sitting in the bathtub with the little the little things on him.
1: You should check up. check his lineage because I think he's part dog. If it was a guy, he did a great job, an excellent job. I will look this up. But uh it came across really well with the uh, uh hyena. I thought they did a fantastic job with that.
0: I thought so too, and I thought the scene So let's just we'll just skip towards the towards the end. The it's a it's a mad cap caper movie where like they're tr- everybody's trying to get this diamond and Cassandra Kane ends up with it, Harley ends up kind of in her like, with her in her, like, protecting her. She takes her to her apartment where she has this hyena that she's named Bruce, which I thought was very funny. Um, But that, that scene where, like, a bunch of, like, assassins come and they blow up her apartment, and she's, like, very concerned about her pet hyena, I think was, like, the time where, like, her character started to make that turn towards, like, sympathetic good guy character because like all of a sudden she's very concerned about like what is ostensibly, you know, like John wick's dog, her hyena in this movie. And same thing where she's like very, like she gets very worried about like the owner of the building who like ends up kind of selling her out. But like she runs downstairs cause she's concerned that he's been hurt. But as it turns out, he just like sold her out and is, is packing up his things. Um, unconcerned that the top of his building just exploded. Um, But I I thought, like, that was a very effective, good scene to have her, like, show some heart about this animal that, like, I, yeah, they did a very good job with in terms of, like, presenting this, uh, a hyena on screen. I thought they did a great job.
1: Yeah. And I'm just glad that the hyena was included in the first place. How did it?
0: How did it survive? Good question. She said she just found it roaming around Chinatown,
2: so I don't know. So it like it like flew away, like a couple blocks away. Yeah,
1: it had. I think it had a little scratch on its ear after that too. Ah.
2: Oh, okay, scratch. So, it
0: absorbed yeah, it took, the bomb into its ear and then got a little a little scratch scratch. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I think like where I, I think this is one of like the higher. I mean. Low bar, but like, I think this is obviously one of the higher tier DC movies. What do you like? How do you guys feel about it in terms of other DC movies?
1: Uh, I agree. We're talking about DCEU, correct? Correct. Yeah, I would rate it up there. Uh, it's definitely top three. Uh, but I don't know exactly where I would place it in there. I think Aquaman and Wonder Woman are both pretty good. I might place it above, uh, Wonder Woman. Is that my order? Is it really Aquaman and then uh, Birds of Prey and then Wonder Woman? It
0: could do you not have Shazam up there?
1: Oh, uh, that would probably probably be four. But but good call. Shazam was pretty good.
0: I I think you're like I I might have my ordering a little differently, but I do think it is like in the top three or four DC movies for sure, and I think. Gosh, you know, like it's hard because like Wonder Woman is like I mean, it's it's a movie that takes itself more seriously, but also like and we've talked about this a million times. The third act of Wonder Woman is garbage. And so like it's the bed. And so like you can't like I, I think like this is a movie that like it doesn't really lose itself in the third act like a lot of DC movies have. And especially Wonder Woman, I think, stands out as one that like because it's. Because the first two thirds are so good, and then the last third sucks, mm-hmm. like I think that having a movie that's like it, it, the first two thirds of Birds of Prey are not as good as the first two thirds of Wonder Woman, but like they're more—it's a different—it's a different kind of movie too. Like it's a little more fun and and you know whatever and so because it holds that quality throughout the whole movie, I do think it is probably better than wonder woman. Like I'm a little surprised to hear myself say that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, right?
0: I, I think I agree with you. I think it is probably better than wonder woman.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think if we're comparing kind of the, some of the stuff that's come out post uh, justice league and whatnot, I feel like, um, I feel like, yeah, I had like more, a little more fun with this than I did with wonder woman or, um, that's hard though. Cause I, I kind of liked, I didn't enjoy Shazam and I did enjoy Aquaman for like what they were. I don't know. It, it's pretty close for me. They're all, they're all kind of, uh, uh, uh in the, in the same orbit, honestly.
0: Yeah. I think I want to rewatch Aquaman and Shazam just to kind of get, I mean, but I liked both of them, so I'm happy to rewatch them anyways. But I, yeah, I think I'd like to rewatch them and kind of get a gauge of like now that there are truly good like decent to good DCEU movies out there, like I'm I'm happy to rewatch them, but like yeah, it 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 doesn't feel like a chore to have to rewatch it and like I probably will rewatch Birds of Prey again at some point too. Like I just I very much enjoyed it and had fun watching it. Cool. Uh would you guys recommend people? I mean, right now it's for rental. I'm assuming that like in the coming months, it'll probably be out on like HBO or maybe prime or something. But would you guys recommend people either like rent it now or wait, or do you recommend people watch it at all?
2: Oh yeah, I would recommend a watch for sure. I think, I think, I think especially like, you know, it's a, you know, it's fun. It's colorful. It's, it's frenetic. So if you're looking for that and you, especially, especially if you enjoyed the Harley character, which yeah, was definitely better than the material of Suicide Squad. I would say definitely check it out.
1: Max. Yeah, I think I think it's got enough going for it that it would be a fun watch and if you're tired of the the DCEU, you could I think you can still find a lot of fun with this one. It's definitely one of the better better ones and I think it, yeah, I think it is probably it's worth watching.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's uh, yeah, I think it, like I said, it's available for rent right now, and I think you can get it for five or six bucks. Um, yeah, I mean it. It's yeah, I think it's very fun. I think it's worth watching. It's still like, I mean, if if we were in a non COVID nineteen world, like it would be probably towards the end of its theatrical run right now, um, because it came out in like mid February, right? In theaters.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: And so, like, yeah, I mean, like, not that that's like a a novel thing anymore like oh my gosh you know you can get it for you know you can rent it for so cheap two months later but um yeah I I, it's one of those things that like I think it's because it came out in February it's still relatively new and yeah I I enjoy it I think it's worth worth a rent right on right on all right uh thanks for listening everybody and uh we're gonna have a conversation about comic book movies on the Patreon so get on there